career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. And I know that a lot of you guys sometimes feel like that you never have what you want. You're always struggling to really enjoy your life. And you know, that one thing that you keep trying to do to make you happy, you just never seem to get it done. So just a quick thing before we dive in, I want to remind you that we have a monthly call for 40 plus it is called the 40 plus men's circle we get together it's a really intimate um, space that we work in it's online it's a video call and the whole point of the call is to like gather with a tribe of like-minded guys get some clarity build some confidence get you some accountability all that good stuff so go check it out it is 40 plus men's circle um, you can spell that out or you can use 40 um, on your web browsers to find that. And there's also a link in the show pages, but let's jump into today. Have you ever struggled with not being able to communicate not only with, um, people around you, but especially your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you just struggle with all that sort of stuff. Well, today we thought we would dive in. I met this guy through Instagram, loved what I saw he was doing. And I'm really excited to just we're going to dive in and talk about relationships. So here we go. Chuck Chapman, welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So you are a therapist and a coach, so you have all the answers. So I'm just going <laughs> to shut up and let you take over from here. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, so why is it so fascinating you to really work with people in this relationship stuff? It seems like it's a passion of yours. Yeah. Yeah. I think the majority of our well-being in our life is based on the quality of our relationships mm-hmm. you know? and that I think men typically struggle to have relationships. I don't think, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I saw in my dad how to have a relationship and that was my only model mm-hmm. for how to have a relationship. When I got older, I just thought, oh, you just get into a relationship and it works. You know, you don't really have to work at it, but then lo and behold, you find that you're in a relationship with a completely different human being who has a different experiences and suddenly, you know, it's not, you know, puppy dogs and and roses. Right. And you start to realize the relationship can actually be kind of hard. Mm. They are, they are hard. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who says they're not, I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what life you're living, but uh, they are definitely hard. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually think that's one of the main things that uh, I try to teach people is that uh, relationships do require work. And oftentimes what I'll use is an analogy of a, of a yard. Uh, like I have a front yard and a guy across the street kind of down the corner has a front yard too. And the house across the street is a rental and so he doesn't really take that great care of his yard. Mm-hmm. The grass has grown and you know it's kind of gone to seed. In my yard, I mean, I, I, I mow it, I, I have a watering system, you know, I feed it and that kind of thing. And we both have yards. Mm. The difference is which yard you want to hang out in, you know, and our relationships are like that. If we don't do anything, if we don't do the, the ongoing maintenance and work that's required, we end up not wanting to hang out in them. 
And then what happens because those weeds have overgrown and they become so overwhelming, we don't know what to do. And uh, so we just kind of don't do anything hoping that it's going to get better and yet it never does. And then what ends up happening is that relationship goes away and you start over in a new relationship and it's all fresh and fun and everything at the beginning, but because you didn't learn anything or learn how to have a relationship, mm-hmm. the grass starts to grow again and the weeds start to grow. You know, I find that so interesting because you and I um, work in some similar arenas and I see this a lot with the guys that come to do work with me as a coach coming out of the closet. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, they, they finally come to this space yeah. where they accept that piece of their life and then they step out of that heterosexual relationship and they step right in to a very similar relationship that they were in. And then they go, I'm still not happy. I'm like, well, you only did, you only did a little bit of the caretaking in one area. (laughs) You didn't go look at how much everything else needed to be tended to as well. And it's so interesting when we do that. And it's not just gay guys. I mean, I've worked with this man and other people too. It's like, okay, well, you keep making this same mistake. And I know people have heard that. And guys, I hope that if you're listening, you can kind of start taking this in and really going, okay, yeah, I can relate to that. But we're going to keep repeating the same pattern until you finally wake up. And sometimes people never wake up. They just keep doing it. So So did you have personal experience yourself where it's like, okay, I I started to figure this out. Was there something in your own life that like, okay, I I need to learn this? Boy, where to start here? You know, I was married once before. I was married for uh, 19 years. And um, that relationship blew up. And um, I found myself suddenly sort of in the, the world of being single again. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, got into another relationship. And that was just a disaster. And then uh, I decided that I was really going to try to figure out, like, why do I keep picking the wrong women or why do I, uh, you know, how is it that I keep sort of destroying these relationships? Right. And um, like, obviously, you know, it's not just a one-sided thing, but I found there must be some things that I'm doing in my life that are creating difficulty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I came across this book called No More Mr. Nice Guy by a guy named Dr. Robert Glover. He wrote this book, and when I read it, it was the first thing that really resonated with me on how I had been showing up in my relationships in a way that was always found myself sort of giving more than I was getting. Mm-hmm. I always found myself sort of being okay with whatever crumbs were kind of given to me. I always considered myself to be a really nice guy, but I would also do things that kind of just worked against the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't completely mm-hmm. honest. I would tell half truths because I was afraid of getting in trouble or afraid of, you know, the rejection. I, uh, I was passive aggressive, um, carried a lot of anger in me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but because it was a really nice guy, I didn't get angry. Right. And these behaviors I found really started working against me. And as I started to change those behaviors, And as I started to work on that in my life, what I found was my relationships in general started getting better. Mm. And then um, when I did get into a romantic relationship, you know, I had some, had some tools and things to use and, uh, and it, it, it's just been a real passion of mine to see, to help other guys kind of like 
you know, be in a relationship and they've been in this relationship for, you know, five, 10, 20 years right. to realize, okay, there's been an ongoing systematic pattern of dysfunction in our relationship and let's change it. Let's start right. to make some significant changes and roll up our sleeves and sort of dig up the weeds and then to watch them flourish, you know, mm -hmm. just it became a great experience. But Chuck, now you think part of this is, and you just use the word dysfunction is, it's really hard sometimes to see the dysfunction because oh, yeah. it just becomes the habit. Yeah. It just becomes absolutely. the norm. And my husband and I have talked through this because we have like any couple, we have our moments and we always talk about, let's not let this get too far gone before it becomes the dysfunction right. that just becomes the habit and the norm. Absolutely. But it's well, really I, hard to see it. I, I often use this analogy where, you know, years ago I had a washer and dryer and the dryer um, one day I noticed the clothes weren't completely dry. So I ran it again. And then uh, a few weeks later after, you know, doing two rounds, it suddenly was like, well, well, it needs three rounds to get dry. And it just became this thing where I didn't even realize that it. it was just like by habit, I'd go and I'd reset the dryer to go through another cycle. And then, um, we had, uh, in the middle of the winter where our power, our, uh, our, our heater broke and, um, the people across the street allowed us to go over to their house and stay there. And while we were there, we were doing some laundry and I put the clothes in the dryer and I pressed the button and in one time around it came to the clothes, they were dry. Hmm. And it was just this thing of like slow erosion right? that you don't really recognize it's the frog in the boiling water, so to speak. Mm, it is. And you know, it's also interesting when you get into that space. And I know as someone who's a pleaser myself, I'm an obliger that we get into that habit and you know, you're just constantly doing that and being Mr. Nice guy and do really nice things. And as you said, you don't get angry, but yet <laughs> When you do, you yeah. really get angry. Really angry. It just yeah. comes because it's almost like the cork is like it's getting pushed down and pushed down and pushed down. And then finally, it's like, okay, can't take anymore. Yeah. And in those moments, I've had to learn this myself and I'm still working on it. It's a matter of me recognizing my own emotion and going, what is the emotion I am exercising when I'm pushing down this? It's okay. Don't get angry. This is mm -hmm. it. It's like, there's an emotion showing up for me where I feel less than I don't mm -hmm. feel good about myself or, okay, well this is, uh, and I know I've done this one a lot. Well, if I do this and they'll really like me, yeah, it's that yeah. like acceptance thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly when they don't, I'm like, really? I just <laughs> did this. Right. And I think it's interesting when we do this in our relationships, whether they're friendships or whatever, especially in our intimate personal relationships with a spouse, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever, maybe where you're at, that the more we push down the truth of our emotions, mm -hmm. the more those truths of emotions cry to come forward. Absolutely. And it is something that I have personally felt that just, it eats at me. It causes me to not sleep well. It causes me to like little by little, the anger gets anger gets to build and build and build and build. And then finally I'm just like, okay, done. Yeah. And I think it's a powerful message that you're kind of sharing here of let's, let's bring this to the forefront. Part of being right. a really good 
partner is bringing these things to the forefront. And by, by bringing them to the forefront, we're communicating. And mm-hmm. when we're communicating, then we're, we're letting the other person know what, what it is we want. You right. Know? And I think one of the things that happens is, and, and the reality is, is our communication kind of as human beings kind of sucks anyway. Yep. Because, you know, I am making tones with my throat that go through the airwaves into mm-hmm. your ear that you have, that we've agreed in an interpretation of what those sounds mean as words. And then, and it's just, it's, there's a lot that can get lost there. Absolutely. And then and you so, go, and then you put in today's technology where right. everything can get <laughs> right. lost yeah, in the interpretation with those and, little things in your hand, you right. know? Absolutely. And, um, and so part of, because there's miscommunication involved, we are, I think that underlining thing is oftentimes I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to face the possibility of rejection or you not understanding me. And so I'm not going to tell you everything that's going on, but what is going to happen is I'm going to have an expectation. I'm just not going to tell you what the expectation is. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't meet the expectation, I'm upset. Right. And that happens, you know, on, on both sides of the equation, the partners, you know, we have these unspoken expectations. You know, I thought you were going to be home at five o'clock. You weren't home till seven. You didn't call me. My expectation hasn't been met. And now I'm angry and upset. So when you think about something, you know, that you can draw from, from your practice, I'd love to just hear about some things where you know this is where guys struggle like two or three things where they struggle and your best advice for like how to move through them and it doesn't even have to be full three but a couple of examples because i want to always give out really good content here so what's a couple of things you see men struggle with that they could do better and how do they fix it well the first thing i think we struggle with is our is our ego and our defense mechanisms come up so Mm -hmm. as soon as we have a need and that need isn't met uh either we're told no or we're not given what we want, our defense mechanism comes up. And that defense mechanism oftentimes is I, sh- I either shut down, mm-hmm. I get quiet, or I get explosive and I, I get angry. I think the number one thing that's really, I mean, the first thing I think we got to do is learn to identify our feelings. Yes. You know, and, and, and I think as guys, we are not, necessarily trained on having uh what these feelings necessarily feel like we've been sort of taught like you know there's three feelings that guys have hungry angry and horny you know right. and, and anything outside of that it's like i don't really even know what to call this feeling and if we don't know what to call it then we can't really release it right and like you said i use you the analogy of like trying to hold five beach balls underwater at the same time Mm-hmm. You know, one of those is going to pop up and it's going to pop up sideways and it's going to, you know, could pop up in a, in an addiction. It could pop up in an affair. It could pop up just, you know, in saying something hurtful, you know, right. to the, and, uh, and so I think it's really important, first of all, just to learn what our emotions are. Here's the thing I love about emotions is we guys, we're and I know I'm generalizing here guys, but we guys, we're totally cool. Like just in the moment emotion, cutting it loose. But if we have to stop and think about our emotions, 
it scares the shit out of us. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, oh God, if I, if anybody sees me cry, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a stop and think sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or if anybody sees me be really vulnerable, oh my God, that's really scary. But in the moment, right. if something was really happening, it just comes out. And then it's, and it's like, why do we do that? Why can't we keep from doing that? So um, what's another thing you want to bring up here, man, before we wrap it up here? Sure. Um, I think it's something to sort of think about that's important is understanding oftentimes what's behind the emotion. Mm -hmm. So if I'm angry or upset or irritated, it's almost always because I'm feeling unimportant, devalued, disrespected, or rejected. And if I can understand that's what's going on for me, then I can communicate that. Hey, I, so the example you use is you're driving down the street and somebody flips you off. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a stranger. You have no, but in that moment, what do you feel? A Mm -hmm. tinge of anger because you were just disrespected by somebody, you know? Now, if you take that into uh, your relationship and you're able to say, Hey, sweetie, you know, when this happened, this is how I felt. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be able to talk to you about that because I don't want to hold on to this resentment. Right. That can be a really powerful, I think, way to just get started. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not easy, guys. It is (laughs) for any of us, whether guys or gals, but I think especially for guys, unless you've been, you've been raised or you've been brought through this kind of way of communicating, it's not easy when you first start doing that. Mm -hmm. But I even remember just a couple of nights ago, my husband said something and the first thing that went through my mind is why are you being so fucking passive aggressive? (laughs) And then I thought, wait, is he being passive aggressive or am I annoyed that he's not asking for what he needs? Hmm. And then when I thought about that, I also thought, or (laughs) is he's interrupting something that I'm really wanting to do right now. And he didn't ask for what he needs. And by the time I did all that, I said, Hey, okay, what do you need? Right. Just (laughs) tell me what you need. And I didn't come off as like, what the fuck is going on? Why right. don't you just tell me, you know, but I, I believe it, the more that we learn to like, take a breath, mm-hmm. look at the emotion and then process from that perspective, which this is all about learning about emotional intelligence, guys. Absolutely. And the more you dive into that, and we're going to be continue to talk about this more and more throughout the podcast, that this is a big thing of really just Emotional intelligence sounds like this big thing, which it is. It's an interesting thing to study, but let's just net it down. It's recognizing your emotions and seeing how that emotion is going to cause you to do something else. And you get to choose. Well, as soon as you can recognize the emotion, you get to choose. But when we don't stop and recognize the emotion and we just go right into it, we don't have the conscious thought. And in my book, that's what emotional intelligence is all about. It's like finding the conscious thought around the emotion. And the way I do it, guys, is I ask myself, is this really the fucking way you want to be acting right now? Or is this really the fucking way you want to be feeling? And if you don't, then figure out the thing you want to feel. And sometimes you're going to be right where you need to feel. Yes, I want to be feeling this right now. I want to feel angry. Great. If you're going to feel angry, then how do you want to be angry? How do you want to be angry in a healthy manner? And these are the sort of things that comes down to. So um, anything else you want to add real quick? Yeah. Before we wrap so it up? so uh, I think the other thing to, to kind of keep in mind is how our biology works into this too. Yes. When something happens, you know, your, your husband came to you and, and asked a question or whatever. 
your primal brain saw that as a threat and yep. gave you a surge of a neuroepinephrine in the moment, which uh, made you have this feeling, this impulse. Yep. And I think if we can just realize, oh, that thing that I'm having is just a, my body is just sort of shot some adrenaline in the mm -hmm. mix here. Yep. Adrenaline is going to uh, metabolize out of your system in about 90 seconds if you don't feed it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why just taking a breath, taking it and stopping gives you enough time to go from impulse primal mode to higher functioning thought. Okay. What's going on here? Right. It's so good stuff. Really good stuff. So, so guys, if you'd like to learn more about Chuck Chapman and what he does and where he's at, go to niceguyhelp.com. We'll have some links to other stuff that he's doing, but, um, and also don't be afraid to like hook up. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird, but hook up with people on Instagram. This yeah. is literally how we connected. I yeah. saw something he posted and I'm like, Hey, this is kind of cool. And sometimes you can connect with people in ways you never thought possible. And then suddenly before you know it, you're doing stuff. And I don't know where this is going to go. So we have so much in common, Chuck, that um, yeah. I think there's some obvious stuff that we could be doing Absolutely. Um, together. But thanks for being here, man, and really being a part of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap for 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.